0: It's the most... That's all I can do, guys. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Passion Project, the podcast about passionate people and the things that drive them. I'm your host, Taylor Reed, Guys, that's all I can play without getting fined or, you know, getting... I don't know. What's the right word? But, oh my goodness, happy holiday season, you guys. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you guys are staying safe. What is this... You know, Omnicron or Omnicron or whatever. This, like, super villain of a variant. Um, <laughs> that's what he sounds like to me. I don't know about you guys, but hope you guys are doing well in this holiday season. It is coming up so quickly. We are almost to the end of 2021. I will let you guys know that I do have a plan for the end of the year. Um, we are going to take Christmas uh, Eve off, and then we're going to have a... a new year's eve episode and then after that um passion project may be taking a break for a little bit as well um so but there may be some other exciting things coming down the pipeline that you guys can expect from me and expect from some other people um yeah i I can't say anything too much right now but uh i'm excited for you guys to hear um all of that and 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 um just kind of hear what's coming up in the Passion Project uh, world and and maybe other things as well. That's all I can say, Um, (laughs) but I'm excited for you guys to hear all of that and see all of that and and whatever it may be, who knows what it may become, but um, I do want to say if you are just tuning in with us for the first time, welcome to Passion Project. I hope you guys enjoy um, this episode and enjoy the show if you did you know tell all your friends and family about it go back and listen to some older episodes we have some great great guests I'm just so thankful they took the time out to be on the show follow us on social media passionproject.pod all of that down in the show notes below and if you are just listening to us for the first time you can send us an email passionprojectpod.org at gmail.com or you can leave us a review and a star rating on iTunes as well. We would love to hear from you guys. Guys, this week on Passion Project, oh man, we have someone. I just truly, truly, she's one of the funniest and funnest and just kind, kindest. And she's such a lovely human being, guys. It's Nikki Acosta on the show. If you guys don't know her, she is just truly like a ball of sunshine uh every time Uh, you are with her and we just had so much fun recording this I hope it shows in the episode Um, we recorded this close to Thanksgiving we just had so much fun doing that as well so Nikki is currently the video producer for Elevation Church in Charlotte North Carolina Um, Elevation has a lot of different campuses but she does a lot of different things and mainly um, just getting to tell people stories so we get to talk about that a lot in this episode get to talk about her Upbringing, um, living in Miami and and living amongst a Hispanic uh, environment and and home culture as well and kind of the dichotomy of living uh, in the states as well with all of that. So such like I said, a wonderful episode. Go follow Nikki on social media. That's all going to be in the show notes below and just follow her journey and her life as well. So without further ado, here is episode 76 with Nikki Acosta on Passion Project. I don't Do you listen know, to I, any specific podcasts?
1: Um okay, so recently I'm a super late bloomer to this podcast. Um I really wanted to be a person that's like getting into murder mysteries and like, mm. I love that stuff, but right. I am such a chicken. So like I live by myself now, I am mm. a small five foot, like that's what you're getting. Like, I'm just really small mm. person. And I so don't
0: you can karate chop someone though. Like,
1: <laughs> I mean, I hope so. Like I hope that my instincts would kick in and I'd believe mm. in myself about that. But like, right. I, I guess now that I live on my own, I'm like, I don't know that murder podcast is for me, but anyways, I've always wanted to be that person. I really like, um, like story podcasts I found. Mm-hmm. Um, but like scripted ones, what'd you say?
0: Like scripted ones, like ones that are scripted. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: But like, okay. So when we were in college, we had like radio dramas, which like, Oh, yeah. so cute. I feel like that's a very Christmas Christian thing to be part of. <laughs> um, but the ones that are super good, I mean, I've listened to one, oh my gosh, I'm going to butcher the name of this. And it's one of those that's like, you could put in any synonym with it and it would sound like it goes. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. think it's called uh, Lights Out or something. Um, okay. It's with Rami Malik and it's
0: a, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. like
1: kind of a dystopian, like end of the world type thing. And it was beautiful because the sound design was incredible. Mm. Um, so I do love that. But I've really loved Armchair Expert yes. by okay. Dax yeah. Shepard yeah. and mm. Monica. I don't know her last name, but, but and Admin. Monica.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And I think I really, I started with uh, Stanley Tucci on the podcast. And there's something about Dax and Monica that make me, and it could just be the stars too that they have on the show that I'm mm. like imagining what they're talking about. But it's so nonchalant that it makes you feel yeah. like you're in with them. And yeah. I do like that. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm going through Armchair Expert right now.
0: So yeah, he's also one of the most open minded, like mm-hmm. liberal people I've ever seen yeah. and listened to. I'm like, what the heck? and and I think also too, he did like he's not like from L.A. or anything like that. No, you know. No,
1: I think he's from.
0: He's from Michigan. Love- yeah, he's from where? He's from Michigan.
1: Oh yeah, I was gonna say some. I feel like Midwest or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah. So
0: that, and, and and Monica's from Georgia, so it's like two very In an interesting
1: mix. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And she's Indian and like all of that. So like, yeah. No, I love Armchair Expert. I just listened, re-listened to the Ed Sheeran one that they released recently, and it was Jeff's kiss, so good.
1: Oh my gosh, I yeah. I have to listen to that one. I was just listening okay. to Gwyneth Paltrow this morning so love
0: her love her her she's I think
1: I think too because I mean we both went to very um conservative colleges Mm -hmm. or yeah same college and (laughs) um sometimes I feel like our point of view can be really narrowed just because you used to and I work at a church so like the type of conversations are going to be very limited based on Mm -hmm. your surroundings. And so I've been around this very similar surrounding for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I think despite religious beliefs of whatever kind, it's always good to surround yourself with people that are a little different than you, because that helps you grow. It helps you kind of solidify what you like, what you don't like, Mm -hmm. what you think is good or not or whatever. And so I've enjoyed like I was listening to Stanley, Stanley Tucci, which like one of my favorite stars ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. talking about living in England and why he mm-hmm. chose in England out of all yeah, places. Yeah. I know. And then, which I would
0: live there too. I'm not, like me. hearing him talk about it. I'm like, oh yeah.
1: You're, absolutely I would live there yeah and, and I'm so I'm just like imagining his new show that's I think it's a CNN show or something yeah. where he makes cocktails. It's called like
0: taste of italy or something yes
1: and then yes. yes and then he goes and travels to italy and I was just listening to him to talk and I'm like <laughs> I have never lived that
0: life, but I want to. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Yeah, it's one of those things too, where like as I've gotten older and we've just gotten away from a different bubble that we were in too. like meeting new people and meeting just people of different like faiths and different like experiences, different people that grew up in different countries. I'm like, oh yeah, it actually is great to like learn people, other people's experiences. Not that I didn't think that before, but I'm like- right. I just didn't have the experience. All I had was my like white evangelical, like right. Christian homeschool experience, <laughs> and I'm exactly. like, oh, there is more to that.
1: <laughs> there is, yeah, and I think, um, I think it, I I'm with you. I think it's important to look outside of ourselves sometimes, mm-hmm. and or uh, not even just sometimes, all the time. But I, I think especially with the past year, obviously a pandemic. You know, has made people yearn and search because everybody is in a very crisis state of life. Mm, mm Well, every
0: second of the day is a crisis.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you're like, cool. It's never going to be the same. Mm -hmm. Uh, But also, like, the different movements we've had, regardless of what Mm -hmm. side you're on, right? Are it's in. I think has made people start thinking of themselves differently, just like life differently. Right. And I ultimately like, I'm super passionate about, and especially in my role, especially through last year, um, here at work, I had, we had to search and we had to mm. like find the stories out there that were, mm. that weren't just about what we experienced. So right. it's very interesting. Very mm. interesting.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, we're going to talk all about that on the show. (laughs) I probably should say, you know, welcome Nikki Acosta to Passion Project. Hey! Thank you! I'm excited
1: to be (laughs) here.
0: I'm so thrilled. You know, we interacted with each other somewhat in college, but like getting together after, you know, years of time and like seeing each other grow on, you know, social media is good for some things at least. Yeah. But, um, Yeah, it's just so fun to like come back together. And like, even if it even if we're talking about, you know, some specific things, it's like fun catching up and like seeing each other. So thank you so much for doing this.
1: Oh, my gosh, of course. It's an honor. And (laughs) you're amazing. I have such great Uh memories of you and just remember walking away from you every single time being like, what a guy like that guy is so sweet. So (laughs) I'm so happy to be here.
0: Oh, thank you. Uh, I've said this before on the show, but like, I really should call this like friends from college. (laughs) 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 I feel like most, it's like either friends from college or like friends from home. Like most of the people I've had on the show are just like those. And, uh, I love it because also too, I don't know if you've had this experience of like, once you get into like college and the like adult, you know, real world, adult world or whatever, it's like, you don't really like learn about people's like background and like you're not like how are you how was your childhood like tell me all about it yeah <laughs> so so like i only know you and like you only knew me from college and beyond oh, and then people yeah. like now like people i've met now will never not know me married which is right. like such a weird thing it is crazy and i i know it's so weird <laughs> and so anyway all of that to say is that like i know you you know somewhat but I don't know if I know like your background your history all of that fun stuff because it's just people just don't talk about that stuff even though I find it interesting yeah (laughs) but tell me all about like where did you grow up where what was what was all that like
1: yeah it is I mean just to piggyback piggyback well off of what you were saying I mean it's so true who sits there and it's like tell me about your childhood memories Mm -hmm. like no one you know so I think I appreciate this um -hmm. So I grew up in Miami, Florida.
0: Okay, that's what I thought. I was going to say Florida, but I was like, oh, I don't know if that's right.
1: Yeah, no, <laughs> but- I, I grew up where, I mean, Mr. Worldwide 305 Pitbull, you know, grew up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think a lot of people, they like to say like, oh yeah, I'm from so-and-so, but they're really not from there, but I'm actually from Miami. I'm one of the mm. people that are, um, yeah. and so-and-so. I'm is it a home-
0: big place where people come to, like people come to Miami from yeah. other places? Yeah.
1: Yes, it is. I mean, it's a huge, I mean, most of Miami, if not like, I would love to say that this is a right statistic, but I would like to say that's probably like yeah. 87 to 90% immigrants. So right. um, you're very close to your homeland generation, mm-hmm. I guess to speak. Um, mm-hmm. So everybody you talk to in Miami speaks Spanish. Like you could look, you could be every color under the sun. You could be red hair, blue eyed, and mm-hmm. they'd still think you speak Spanish because that's who lives there. Everybody yeah. um, coming from different countries. And so I grew up very, uh, I, was, I grew up exposed to a lot of different people in one way and mm. not in the other. So like in one way, like all Hispanic, very different like countries and each country, mm. a lot of people don't know like Hispanic countries, Spanish speaking countries, um they all have their own culture and just because we Spanish doesn't mean we're all the same so um which is something that
0: Americans do not think about like I don't they're like oh it's all one it's all the same
1: (laughs) right but it's the same I mean the way to think about it's like in Europe right like you wouldn't say the culture in Germany is the same in the UK or
0: well even just America in general like Texas is different than New York like (laughs) right
1: we're so different right and so um yeah so it was it was very interesting childhood growing up with with starting to learn all of that and having the knowledge of all that um but it was so normal to me it was normal to Mm. be kind of we would speak Spanglish, so to speak I mean everybody grew up speaking English and Spanish at the same time um having what were your that-
0: thoughts around that as a child were you like confused or were you like oh no this is just what it is and I'm just like taking it all in or
1: <laughs> um I think I it, it kind of like wasn't it, what it was like you mm-hmm. would start speaking in English and then end in Spanish like you would or, or vice versa like it was interchangeable and so mm-hmm. for the for the Hispanic Americans who you know were born in America but their parents were immigrants or you know or they had just come to the United States you begin mm-hmm. thinking in two different languages because that's just right. kind of the way you grew up um and I at first I was I, I if I'm being honest I was a kid that up until like maybe 16 or 17 I was like I want to be an actress I want to be a full American where people take me seriously, Mm -hmm. and yes, I love my culture, but this is who I want to be, and I kind of rejected it a little bit, Mm -hmm. um, so to speak, and it really wasn't until um, I started doing extra work for Spanish soap operas that I really started to learn more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, super random, very, I was like 18, 19, wanting some extra Mm -hmm. money, so Mm -hmm. there's like, um, a lot of Spanish soap operas on like Univision and Telemundo, they're all mostly shot in Miami and Mexico. So
0: I would we, not have known they were shot in Miami. Mexico makes yeah. sense, but wow, that's crazy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I had no idea either. Um, you know, you grow up with abuela, your grandmother, or your right. aunt, or your mom watching like random soap operas, and you're mm. like, oh, okay, whatever. Um, but I started like doing that in the middle of like, kind of going to college, teaching musical theater. I was doing like all these like random things
0: mm.
1: and um, started, you know, being an extra. <laughs> so far for us to make some extra wow. money. But I really like, I honestly credit a lot of learning beyond myself in those times, because even though I was around so many different cultures, I really wasn't too aware of like how special it was or like the true differences until I got on set. And mm-hmm. I'm hearing a completely different accent and somebody's pointing it out. Like, hey, your mm-hmm. accent's this way. And I'm like, what do you mean? You know, <laughs> or hey, don't say that word because in my Spanish, that means X, Y, Z. And
0: yes. yeah,
1: so just starting to learn all of that really, I think kickstarted start- kick my like love for just like wait. This world is so much bigger than my Hispanic tiny bubble. <laughs> right. Um, and then eventually moving to Virginia. And now I live in North Carolina. I lived in Tennessee for a time. Um, man, like there's <laughs> there was so much beyond me that I had no yeah. idea. Yeah. So. Uh,
0: so did your parents like come there from other places, or what was that? Was.
1: Yeah. Was so that? my. So my dad is Cuban. So he Mm -hmm. came from Cuba when he was like three or four. And then my mom's Colombian. So she's full-bred Colombian, but she was born in New York. So my Cuban side went Cuba, Miami. And then my mom's side went Colombia, New York, Miami. And Mm. so they both met in middle school, I think it was. Wow. And yeah, their stories. What a
0: romance.
1: I know, so annoying. I grew up with it and you know, they they had their, they'd known each other since they were 11. So they looked at me and they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. was,
0: um, was um Was home culture and even cultures outside of the home, was that even like a polarizing thing as a child um, too?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think more, I felt like it was more melting together kind of. Mm-hmm. Because Miami, it because it is such a melting pot, you fit in like the culture fits in in one of the I guess sides of the melting pot. So to speak, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I felt it more moving outside of Florida. Like when mm-hmm. I left to Virginia, I mean, I wanted to fit in. I wanted to, you know, like I'm gonna right. be American, and I'm a real yeah. American now. You know, yeah. and
0: what appealed to you about being an American? Because let me tell you, it's not you know, <laughs> it's not all that it's cracked out to like,
1: me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think, so this is, I had to, I think one thing that's really important to know, and this goes along with any movement about diversity and unity and inclusion Mm. is just because you are for that thing or you are part of that doesn't mean that you can't learn yourself. And so Mm -hmm. I think for me, I had this own stigma in my head too, where I looked around at my Hispanic peers and culture and was like, there was something about the American culture that I was like, that is superior for me. Like Mm. I want to be well-dressed and speak without an accent. And, Mm. you know, I'm knowledgeable and I can do these things too. Right. Um, And so I felt like it was almost like I'm bettering myself in some weird Mm. way, which like now as an adult, and after lots of, you know, uh, self-reflection and even- (laughs) there yep honestly therapy I'm huge yeah. about um mm. but even just in my like roles that I've had here at mm. Elevation like they right. really had me to self-reflect and realize like oh my god I literally thought that being Hispanic was somehow lower and this weird mm. way and I really did wanted to prove that I wasn't that um mm. and I think I I think I got it wrong like I got that and I think like going outside of Florida too, like experiencing, you know, my own sorts of like, um, you know, biases of right. people against me or maybe like racism, like it was mm-hmm. really weird for me to um, kind of interpret that and process that and be like, wait, I've interpreted this for myself as well and i've tried to purge mm. this part of myself that's like such a beautiful thing right. and all humanity is on the same beautiful level it's like god created all of us equal and mm. so why did i start to think that like in one sort of weirdly sick way that mm. being american would make me better um, versus like me just owning who i am and loving mm. my american side so to speak and yeah. my hispanic side Yeah. so yeah. It's i wonder
0: this- too if at the time it was more even like as a child it was more of like oh like my family and people like they're not cool like the like this side is way cooler because as kids it's just like what's cool and what's not cool
1: yeah <laughs> and, well I mean and, yeah exactly it yeah, starts like yeah, that where like yeah. I you know have I always as a kid like as a girl right fantasized about like a boyfriend with blue eyes and blonde hair blue mm-hmm. eyes I have blonde hair yeah I said that right mm-hmm. um you I'm know, taking I, him,
0: sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I promise I'm not coming for him. I know. No, um, no, no, no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but like I watched Cinderella Story and all these things on right. Disney Channel. And like there yeah. were people like
0: me. Oh, Chad Michael Murray. Come on.
1: I mean, who wouldn't want to say? I think he's a Christian now, which like good for him. Um, wow.
0: Le- leading a cult on Riverdale, though. Mm. <laughs> just want to <laughs> shout that out.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Be aware. Um, yeah. But I think I, we've talked a lot about, so I've been a lot in the outreach department that I worked in here, obviously like you, the, our department became kind of like the platform and the voice of our church to, of unity, inclusion, diversity, Mm. all this stuff. And so I had to do a lot of research myself because I was one of the content managers for a lot of these things and realizing one of the things that we mentioned here is like people of color need i mean society needs windows and mirrors and so especially for kids of color who are like Mm. growing up they need to be able to see themselves as successful as themselves like black kids need Mm. need to be able to see other black kids in media or books that are successful not just in the stigmatized version that a lot of people have shown in the past or, Mm. but they also need, um, to be able to see other people different than them. So it's like different than them, but also that I can see myself in that too. And I literally barely, I mean, remember anybody looking like me in the TV shows I used to Mm. watch or the books I used to read or, so I think that plays a part in it where you're like, Oh, the successful, beautiful people are all look like this. And I need Mm. to be that, you know, I, I want to be looked at just like that. So, um, it was very interesting, I think. And also too, being Hispanic is very interesting because you could be uh, all different colors, be, you know, and be considered Hispanic. So yeah. you can be black, yeah. you can be white looking, you can be, you can be like a, a mix of kind of like me. Right. Um, and so it's, uh, it was very interesting growing up in that. And also kind of, I wouldn't say the word deconstructing, cause I feel like that comes with a lot of uh its some connotations there but right right um just kind of even self-reflecting and realizing yeah wait have I really believed this my Mm. whole life without even knowing it you know
0: Mm.
1: well so from I have
0: a family a really good family friend that is Hispanic and from what I know about the Hispanic culture is that family is like a really big thing it is in a lot of other cultures that aren't not not to say that in American culture it's you know Western culture it's not important. Family. Yeah yeah. (laughs) You know, uh fast and furious. Um but uh (laughs) it's it you know that's from what I so I just wonder like what do you ever like look back and think about like family dynamics, sibling dynamic like what was that like growing up? And because it's really this like the more and more I get away from it it's like this forced like roommate situation where you you like kind of you have to love each other but like you don't like each other like 98 percent of the time and you're like what
1: yeah it's um a lot of these cultures including being Hispanic like you said like we're I learned about this in college I'm gonna butcher this so I'm just gonna say that I'm in no way (laughs) shape or form an expert in this subject but um cultures like Hispanic ones are collective collectivist
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That?
1: versus like American Individualist. culture in- versus individuals. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yep. um, we grew up like family is your everything. Mm. They are your first friends and your last friends and mm. they, you don't just consider yourself in your own decision-making. You have to consider theirs too. And I think like growing up and I still struggle with this now. Thank you. Therapy for helping me.
0: Um, we're big proponents of it here.
1: Yeah, I'm all about it. Um, is trying to identify, I think there's beauty in that. I think there's like, mm. wow, I'm not alone. The mentality of like, we're together, we're a unit, you know, we yeah. party together, we cry together, we laugh together, we fight hard, really <laughs> hard. Yeah. Um, but we also like enjoy life together. There's like this beauty and mm. this like a unit that you just come with, you know? And so that's really kind of how we've seen it of, like, the you're better in this weird way. Like, you can survive. I will survive more than someone else because I have a unit behind me in this weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, however, there come, just as anything, right? There come with some downsides to that. Like, yeah, yeah. who am I as Nikki Acosta <laughs> without... <laughs> the influence of other people, I mean, just generally, right. but like really the unit that we're just talking about, like, who am I without that? Can I have ideals or um, vision or goals or mm. um, values that maybe are outside of that? And mm. I think like I was the first girl to graduate from college and my entire family. Yeah. I was the first one that moved away. I'm the first girl to live on her own without being attached to a significant other like mm. I have a cousin she was the other girl who moved out of her <laughs> parents' house before getting married but it's because she moved in with her now fiance so right. like I am I kind of defied a lot of things with yeah.
0: there's a lot of it. like pressure there too like how did oh, how did gosh. you like yeah. face all of that?
1: Yeah and so but it it's it's just as anything there's beauty and there's like difficulty mm-hmm. in that. Cause like I'm graduating and it's like, my whole family's like, what? Oh my gosh. It's like a huge celebration, but I'm like, I'm the first one. Like, yeah, <laughs> what yeah. do I do? You know? Yeah. And so
0: they're like watching on the sidelines. Like, let's, you know, let's see what happens here. Like,
1: yeah, yeah absolutely. And I, I get pinned a lot on my cousins that I like did it right. So oh. I went to school. She's putting
0: air quotes, people listening at home. Just yeah, so oh, you know. I'm sorry. Yeah,
1: you can't see this. Um <laughs> I did it quote unquote right, you know, which I mean yeah. I like I even said before we even started recording, like I'm just a person, like I'm just trying to yeah. make it people, yeah. just yeah. as anyone yeah. else. And yeah. so um I think there comes with a lot of pressure where like I'm in therapy all like till this day, still trying to yeah. figure out like the dynamics between like can I make this decision and not feel the anxiety and guilt that associate Mm -hmm. me doing something outside of what my family quote unquote wants, Mm -hmm. you know, or would have wanted for me. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of, know, what's
0: interesting, not to interrupt you, sorry. What's (laughs) interesting about that is that a lot of the time, like in Um, you know, Western American culture, it's often, it's sometimes the opposite of like not going to college or not going, like doing something that's different. Like my brother didn't finish college, but he's super successful in what he does now. But I wonder that like, it's, it's like, yeah, it's, you know, just doing something different than probably what your parents had envisioned for you, even if they did have that envision for, you know, right. for you to go to college, it's like, it's just something, di- it's just, you know, there's so many things you have to think about when, as you get older of like, oh, what are these pressures, even if it's self-inflicted pressure too, it's like, oh, yeah. and then there's like the whole <laughs> imposter syndrome thing, like all of that, that we face my on a pa- day-to-day basis. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I definitely deal with it, Um, and my, you know, my parents are. Were- I'm an only child. So there's the added pressure. Of I being, did
0: not know that.
1: Yeah. I'm an only girl. So I'm an only child and a girl. So,
0: mm-hmm. um, my wife is the same. I don't know if you knew that.
1: I didn't yeah. know that.
0: Yes, oh, I love yeah, that. You get, y'all are weird. No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> we are, we are, we it's no. mostly out of survival. Let me tell you, but, yeah. um, yeah. but it is, it's a very interesting thing being Hispanic, being an only child, being the girl. So, yeah. is, well, is,
0: is being an only child by itself, kind of like its own anomaly a little bit in that culture yeah. I feel like yes yeah okay
1: yes. It, it's a little different than most yeah we typically have a, at least a sibling I mean yeah at least a buddy but yeah. um yeah so most like both of my parents are one of three um mm. and so
0: they had you and were like, we're done.
1: We're good. Yeah, they were. Well, they. I think they tried years and years afterwards, yeah. but it wasn't like working. But yeah, right. they. My mom is all the time like, thank God I just had one because I don't know how I would have dealt with it. I'm like, you would've been fine, but yeah. also, yeah, a little buddy would have been good nice. all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay, but yeah, it it does come with like certain pressure too because so like I said, in our cultures, we're very you know we're together a lot and. We love each other and, you know, Mm. we fight hard, we love hard, whatever. Yeah. And that comes with also like, I am very, I, there isn't much to hide. Like we're very, Mm. uh, especially the way I grew up was like, Hey, we talk about everything. You see everything. What you see is what you get, you know, all these like great things, but yeah, their boundaries are non-existent whatsoever growing up as an adult and like, you know, in modern society and away from Miami, we're like, everything is spaghetti. Like, everything. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I grew up and was like, oh, you know, maybe these things I want (laughs) to (laughs) change.
0: Well, it's funny because especially, like, I grew up in, like, you know, the South, and And, you know, like I was saying, like, white evangelical culture is, like, so much of it in that environment is, like, let's just brush everything under the rug. Let's just not talk about it. like, And it's, like, so it's, like, much more out. And these two extremes, right, Mm -hmm. of, like you know, yes. let's just get everything out and talk about it. We'll all be fine the next day because we all love each other or we could just hide it and not talk about it for 10 years. And
1: Right. you know yeah. Either extreme is good. I don't think any extreme is healthy at all. Right. And so even just coming to the realization, especially as a kid, right. So like, this is the way my parents lived. They did an incredible mm. job. They're incredible parents. I never went without a need or a want. Like right. they are my beck and call. They're my ride or die. If God forbid something needs to go down. My mom will be there. You know, like yeah. I, I am so thankful to have grown up with such a steady support system, but yeah, it's definitely different. Like where mm. the extreme of like, okay, but who am I? Like, I think that's when mm. my biggest, um, one of my biggest questions as an adult and not even yeah. just because I think it's been easy for me to associate identity based on the the big things, right? So like mm. the church and the church as a whole, not just like where I work, but like the church, Christianity and um my parents and my yeah. role in my family. Yeah.
0: Or just like being a woman in modern society. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> or that, you know, uh, being a minority woman in society, like, what does that mean? And how about if I make more money than my husband one day, like, Mm, you know, like stuff like that, where it's like,
0: yeah. Or then your parents even too. like, Yeah.
1: Right. And I mean, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I, I would hope to, my dad is a very successful man. So I just (laughs) pray that that will also be me, but like (laughs) just kind of, you know, thinking through that stuff where I've just assimilated, not even on purpose. Like I've always been very strong in like Mm. what I thought in myself and oh, I'm confident and I can do this and I can do that or I can go pursue my dreams or whatever. But I think the older that I've gotten, I've really had to halt and pause and be like, I, who am I without this in my life? Like, would I be Mm. the same Nikki? Like that I am, if I hadn't solely associated myself to this one facet of my life, you know? Um, so it's been very interesting, especially I think there's like guilt too associated mm-hmm. with like yeah. identity questions when you're in your yeah. late 20s yeah. because especially in you know evangelical culture, mm-hmm. you know you get married really young and you become a parent, yeah. you become you know yeah. uh, the state, well, especially
0: where we, we, where we went to school too. There was like yeah. a mold it was like a mold almost of like yeah. you know, you go to college, you get married, you have a baby, you do you the do the things right Uh, you die (laughs) (laughs)
1: hopefully not so soon but yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah. you know um, what I mean
1: (laughs) no I totally get it I yeah absolutely and um I think like like I'm not that like I am unmarried yeah uh but I and I work I like to work I like Mm. being somebody who's career-minded you know Mm. And I, yeah, I like to cook, but that's not my main goal in life, you know, (laughs) like I, I do the feminine things, but I'm not like what I remember looking around at school and college and looking around what people were so enthralled by. I, Mm. I, for some little bit, I, you know, obviously love that, but like, I didn't fit into that. And so I think there's this weird, I'm 28 and I'm like, okay, God, like, you know i am a christian and i'm like i feel kind of weird like is, yeah. is it okay for me to have identity questions um and not in a way i of think like,
0: so <laughs> thank you thank yeah, you for yes. giving me the validation <laughs> i it, affirm your identity, <laughs> 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 identity crisis thank you
1: thank you well thank it's you. also
0: interesting because You grew up as this person that like wanted to have that, like was so sacred about having that experience. And then when you got to it, you were like, oh wait, maybe I actually don't even fit in here too. Right. Like, yeah.
1: Yes. I have had, I remember uh, being in college and I was in therapy and the therapist looked at me and she said, well, Nikki, um, where you are is American, but your parents are very Hispanic. Like they remind me, Hey, you're Hispanic remember that like you know as jokes but yeah. like for real yeah. you know, kind of like yeah. hidden truth there but she's like so who are you and I was like what do you mean <laughs> <So> <laughs> I was like flabbergasted at this question because yeah. yeah. I was like like I understood what she was trying to get up mm-hmm. um of just like making me think of like I can be whoever I want not just one of these things and then call it quits you know mm. but I think there is like some beautiful pride to being a Hispanic woman like you're like oh I am a Hispanic woman and that means xyz and yeah. I'm also American and I'm like I can do whatever I want and whatever um but I don't I think we get it wrong like I think
0: mm.
1: and what you said of like westernized culture I think I think we get it wrong like it doesn't <laughs> Like that's so irrelevant. We shouldn't, we shouldn't put too much emphasis on those things that we actually don't even know who we are
0: Mm -hmm. um, outside
1: of just assimilating to those things, you know?
0: Well, essentially, America is, I mean, in my mind, it's supposed to be all of all encompassing. Like America, as in general, is supposed to be the melting pot. Like that's literally the whole goal of America. We broke away from England because we wanted to be different. Like literally the whole goal of America. So I'm like, yeah, but I think data, I, I don't know. I'm at this place, too, of where like, yeah, Americans are generally so proud to be American and then other cultures are proud to be, you know. Um, themselves which i think is wonderful and great but then so many people also want to come to america too and it's like well you know not there are a lot of people that are like, maybe we, you know, no, we want America to stay American. It's like, well, it's not going to stay America with all these other people, which is like the goal of America. I don't know. That's just where I'm at now too. Of like, it,
1: yeah, it's kind of like, there's a lot
0: in there that we could talk about for like three hours, but
1: it's kind of like in my eyes, like what came first, the chicken or the egg, like yeah, what came first, our desire to be different and to accept all and to be, you know, independent. Yeah but also stay the same, like, what, how does that fit into Mm -hmm. the goal of what we're trying to do as a society here? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And also how does it fit into like Christianity too? Like, that's also like another thing that's like, yeah. how does this work?
1: (laughs) Right. And I think the questions that I have is growing up now and (laughs) I still, I'm still a child in my mind, but I think I'm like, we as Christians, you know, and many certain cultures, are very quick to say that's outside of the lines.
0: Right. That's
1: not what we do. You must stay this way or you must mm. be like this. And I think I'm not going to, you know, make any judgments on what I'm talking about necessarily, but like, I think yeah. in just whole, we can sometimes be so narrow and we, because mm. I'm in myself, like we can be so narrow to think, well, God can only love me this way, you know? And yeah is that what he intended? Like, is, is God really looking down and saying, like, I only intended for this for you and you are right. outside of the box, you know, yeah. like, I can't love you the way I loved you before when you weren't this way or whatever. And well, it's like, it's- we pretend
0: to know like how God loves people too.
1: <laughs> right. And we, we expect to know. Right. And I think we yeah. do a really good job at saying that we do know saying that Mm. the church knows, saying that Christianity knows how to love other people. Or saying that
0: the pastor knows too, like.
1: Right, absolutely. (laughs) And I mean, I work at a pretty controversial place in the Christian world. And, you know, Mm. I think no matter what, like, those are things that I've had to have within myself, like, and the questions that I've asked, you know, in prayer or God, you know, or even my peers of just like, okay, if this means this does that mean that and I think there's Mm -hmm. certain things that God's like I didn't put boundaries on purpose for you guys to not just create boundaries around
0: um
1: and to call it xyz you know but I do think those questions are needed in the church too just okay could God only love me this way
0: could Mm -hmm. other people
1: only love me this way am Mm -hmm. I advertising that people can only be loved this way like what does that mean to how I see life or God or, you know, other people? And I think like going to school where we did was beautiful. I mean, I don't know about you. I had a great experience, yeah, but I do yeah, think me
0: too. Yeah. that
1: going to a place like that. And even like I'm calling out myself and then going to work at a church could really lock you into like mm-hmm a one set mind and then you have to be willing to like let it go and say god like mm-hmm. i have these questions or like i can't love the way that i think things should be loved or yeah. you know whatever i think we should live a little bit more open-handed mm-hmm. but that's just my so well <laughs> ultimately
0: it's like it's like self-awareness right yeah. it's like self-awareness of like you know, looking back on the things you grew up on and looking at even the college we went at and, and like taking all of that, but also taking like new experiences that you've gotten in since then too. Uh, I don't know how you feel too, also of like, I think about all the time of like, is it just, you know, so many generations before us have just like done the same thing and like done all this. And is this just like a, Like, people are like, oh, you guys are just woke millennials. Like, this is just a thing. Like, thinking that, I'm like, am I a woke? Like, am I? But also, like, is that a bad thing? Like, all these questions I think about, like, all the time, I'm like, but is that a bad thing? Like, is it bad to ask questions? Like, I don't think so. But, you know, it's just because people are so afraid of change. I think that's really the, like, where it comes down to, in my opinion.
1: I agree. I think it's change. I think. We are scared of things we don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know that any one person knows everything, (laughs) you know, or understands everything or any struggle or any. Uh, xyz you can put in there you know like yeah and I think well, that, even
0: uh, even if I can hear your experience I can learn about it but I can't I can't truly understand it because right. I haven't gone like I've, I haven't grown up in Miami in a Hispanic household like that's not my experience but right. I can at least in having conversations you yeah. can at least learn and like try to be more you know, understanding of it, even though you can't like fully grasp it sometimes, but that's difficult for a lot of people.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that's like, I think like I've seen, especially over the past, like few years where, I mean, really anyone going out of college, right. Anyone plunging into like the great unknown, (laughs) you know, Q, uh, frozen. Um, (laughs) but I think anyone growing up, we, I think have a different set of experiences and it really comes down to like empathy because like you said, nobody's supposed to know. Mm. And like, how am I supposed to fully understand that unless I sit there and say, it's not for me to understand truly, but it's for me to say, um, I don't understand and I'm willing to continue to hear you and to listen to what you're trying to say so that I myself can um, open up my mind and my heart. To something else that's different than me, Mm -hmm. Um, and I think like that was that's been one thing that like I before being on the team that I'm on now and being a video producer and I was did a lot of content management, especially with storytelling. A lot of what I was doing before was um, going to these big needs like um, hunger or homelessness or Mm -hmm. um, financial crisis or any of these things that most of us may not ever like face, you know, in middle mm-hmm. America, like you just yeah. may not ever experience those things. Maybe yeah. you do, but maybe you don't. And sitting down with people or even like drug addiction or like addiction recovery, anything like that. And you sit down and you're like, you know, everybody comes with their own stigmas or, or biases or whatever. Like, even if you're mm-hmm. a good person, like this doesn't mean yeah. you're a bad person just because you don't know, or like think to be empathetic, but really sitting down and hearing people's stories of like, how they've gotten out of addiction or are still in it, or you really out of no matter of the struggle, like you really kind of get down to the basics of like, everybody wants to feel secure.
0: Mm.
1: Everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to know. really, <laughs> yeah. Like they yeah. just want what person on the earth, despite background, ethnicity, like anything, like any type of thing that differentiates us wants right. to right. not have those things. You know? Mm. And so I think that has really helped me be able to say, like, these are my sets of experiences. Mm. But if I want to be the person that God wants me to be, and you know, we call out calling and we we say words like that that are really right. ambiguous and don't really mean a whole lot. Right, um right. not that they don't mean and a anxiety lot.
0: Anxiety inducing.
1: <laughs> yes. It's kind of like this, we put like, I feel like clouds above certain words that were like mm that actually mean yeah um, I think it all stems down to being an empathetic person who can look yeah. beyond themselves
0: yeah I don't know about you but like performing and like stepping into another role because I know you have I mean, you talked about it earlier too, with your, with doing the soap operas, which, you know, wonderful experience, I'm sure. Um, But I, you know, I performed a lot in high school and college and I still do some things when I can, but having that, like physically embodying another role and like going through someone else's experience is like, even if it unconsciously in high school, like now I look back and I'm like, oh yeah, that's like empathy. Like that's literally like trying to act (laughs) out like someone else's experience I don't know if you have true. ever thought about that or like if that's what if even yeah. a correlation of like your love for I know you like theater and performing yeah. and all of that too so
1: yeah absolutely I think first of all I'm a huge advocate of every kid going through a theater program whether you are yeah. on stage or stay like on being part of tech or crew oh. or whatever because I think the what you're saying is absolutely true I mean besides like learning how to gain confidence in yourself and who you are and being in front of yeah. people and being like, I'm terrified, but I'm going to, you know, perform and react. Like, I think all those things are really good values are just like mm-hmm. skills to obtain. But yeah. I think the biggest one is what you said. Um, and I, I have thought about that funny enough is that like, yeah, when you're acting and you go through these different, you study these different, um, I guess, acting methods and styles, mm-hmm you start to learn that like in order for me to embody someone else or to become someone else, even if it's like a silly, silly thing, I first, A, have to acknowledge my experiences, Yeah. but I have to also like limit them to a certain mm. extent. Like you can use them, you can feel them, you can what, like maneuver them, but mm. to s- only use your experience is to limit your entire performance because yeah. obviously, especially if you're like a kid acting, what do you know, yeah. <laughs> honestly? Yeah. Like, cool. what am I supposed to know about this, you know? And so I, I think that's true. I think that mm-hmm. acting, you know, I remember being in high school and writing these like acting journals, almost like journaling as the character, yeah. um, doing a whole day so, or like a so few method. hours. That's just, Person so method, yeah. Um, you know, what is this person's like fear so You know, and you just start yeah, like acting yeah. like it or whatever. You went, but I think way deep, you
0: went way deeper than I did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, you're like playing
0: a fish in Little Mermaid, and you're like, What in my <laughs> You, <laughs> what you in just my see females? Walking
1: beard and you're like, Whoa, yeah. that girl is yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> no, but it's it's funny because you do in in this run around way let me tell you yeah. um you are having to think of yourself differently and yeah. not that like your everything you know is what you use you really have to think of like this invisible character as mm. being somebody else different than you yeah I think that's so important like I do think that yay theater but also that's a good lesson
0: yeah Yeah. well I also I more and more get to this place and so I've met so many different like artists and performers and had a bunch on the show and like they're so empathetic and I think more than people like give them credit for a lot of like I think actors in general are just have held at this very high like elite like they're just coastal elites or whatever and (laughs) it's like okay well yeah that may be true in some respect but also like they're also incredibly empathetic because they have to embody characters and make it realistic on a day-to-day basis for people that like can you do that probably not
1: <laughs> well, I think that's totally true. about like, so like I said, I work at a church, right? And so mostly yeah. anyone who works or is associated to any type of religious or nonprofit organization, you look at them, you're immediately like, you must be this quote unquote person who just breathes other people. And like, I mean sure, just kidding. But <laughs> like there there is still like especially working at a really big organization. There's still like a business side to it and yeah. sides of being a human in general. Yeah. But like you really, regardless, still have to put effort into that. You still have to really think through that. And I think both experiences have naturally led me to learn how to adopt those skills. Um, but that doesn't, I mean, that doesn't get perfect. It's perfect. I mean, how many- yeah. Yeah. Stories about church well, it's like the
0: pastor's family. wife of it all too. Like everyone has this like picture in their mind. Like when you're, when you're, you know, kind of, it's kind of maybe archaic a little bit now, but like of the pastor's wife, you know, having to be perfect or the family or the whatever, like yeah. having to live up to this thing. Um, but also like not allowing them to like ever mess up ever. It's like seventh heaven, you know,
1: right. like all yeah. these
0: things of like, you
1: yeah, know,
0: yeah, I'm sure you've had experiences like that even just working at a church is like its own there's like baggage with it
1: right yeah I mean absolutely I mean that I could talk about forever just but I think there's also too where it's like you can fake that and not live that
0: Hmm.
1: or you can fake being a generous person just because you work here doesn't mean that you will be that and I think that's where it gets really dangerous of like Hmm. okay regardless of what I and kind of what I was saying before like associating myself to whether that's working at a church being whatever role being whatever background whatever like I gotta stay I gotta have like the good heart in it and that has helped me stay grounded I think despite it all because like yeah I don't know I th- I've I've definitely experienced but I think it's like idolizing idol
0: ideal idealizing idolizing, sorry know, idolizing
1: in an interesting way like we mm-hmm. idolize the idea of this without the heart of this mm. I don't know if that makes sense or if that's too yeah yeah abstract in my head but yeah.
0: for me it's like so much harder to be fake nice than to just be nice <laughs> 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 my wife on a day-to-day she's like you're just so much of a I don't mean to like turn my own horn but she yeah. literally all the time is like you're just such a nice person I'm like it's so much more work to like not be a nice person like I'm just like I would be so tired if I would just be like yelling at people all day like oh <laughs> <laughs> and I, will- true. You are,
1: I will also join her and say that you are a very kind person
0: thank um, you yeah
1: it, it's
0: I wasn't fishing but I like what I caught Um, (laughs) uh, i want to ask you too i love asking guests on the show like was there ever i mean i i'm sure your aspirations of staying in spanish soap operas you know could have lasted forever but was there ever like a through line of like did you want to do something from a very young age and that's what you were aspiring to or were you just kind of going with the flow like what i'll go to college and just kind of see what happens or what was that like
1: um I think when I've boiled it down, um, so I mean, the soap opera desire was very short lived. I mean, it was like maybe a year max where I was like, Mm -hmm. maybe I should go to soap opera school, you know, (laughs) I even like. Is there
0: a soap opera school?
1: Dude, it's a thing. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh you think that the way that that you like when you mentioned a soap opera you're like oh okay yeah that's just really bad acting no it is very purposeful and it is a lot that you a lot of training you have to do yeah Yeah. um
0: it's a glass of water in someone's face
1: like yeah it's well it's a very interesting world in that but I think I really started so when I was a kid um my mom had told me she did drama as, like an elective in school mm-hmm. and so I grew up and you know being the high achiever that I was I was like I'm gonna do that and I'm gonna be a good actress you know whatever and I fell in love with it and right. I was kind of like I've always been this weird mix of like outgoing and shy like I would almost call myself now especially now being an adult like an extrovert and introvert where like I
0: right. love the
1: limelight when I will put myself there But it doesn't mean that I don't have, like, intense fear or anxiety to do it. Like, it Mm. just – I just force myself to do it. Um, But I grew up wanting to be a comedic actress. And I really – there was just something, even as a kid before I, like, went the acting route – was just something about making people laugh that I was mm. so hyped on. Like yeah. if I could make someone laugh, I was like, yo, I did that. Like I oh, was so, it made me yeah. feel so good. To I just, still have like,
0: that. <laughs>
1: yeah. Same to just make them feel different mm. in their current state. And I think that same, like I wanted to help people. Feel a little bit better than their situation regardless of what they were doing so then that kind of translated into like being a comedic actress on stage and really like wanting to for people to be able to come into the theater and really just like lose themselves in what they were watching and I hoped it would be me making them laugh um and then it kind of turned like even with ministry and like doing random gigs and stuff but like Coming to ministry, I really, um, and I'm mostly in like the realm of production and storytelling, I found kind of like what you said earlier on that most people don't ask questions that actually matter. Like Mm. they don't really sit there. Most of us don't sit there and say like, what is a struggle you've had that really just changed your life? Mm. (laughs) You know, like we, we as a society don't tend to do that. And so I feel like I almost was helping them feel better by knowing other people could A, like knowing that they weren't alone in their struggle or what they were facing or like whatever they're experiencing, Um, but also kind of giving them the confidence of like be proud and confident in yourself. And so I think like when I boil all of that down, I think I really just like to help People feel better in whatever Mm. situation because life sucks Mm. sometimes. Like it is hard, and you can insert a bunch of expletives just to you know (laughs) describe (laughs) life. E
0: on this episode, Nikki. I guess,
1: (laughs) (laughs) but you know, I think like we all struggle silently with things, and I think we sometimes struggle publicly with things. But I think when I boil all of that down. I think that's kind of what it comes down to. Like, there's just something really sweet about feeling like, man, I made life better for someone today um, mm. and whatever that was. And so like, sometimes it's like, I still channel my comedic actress and improv artist <laughs> at yeah. times. Um, and this, in this season of my life, it's more like um, producing their story, giving them platforms to be able to share their story. But
0: yeah. Yeah, Yeah. ultimate, like, storyteller, really, like, yeah, 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 yeah. which is really, (laughs) too, like, what you wanted to do anyway, like, it's really, like, you're, I mean, I guess you're kind of telling, you're telling other people's stories, but you're getting to facilitate them and, and share them, which is super awesome too. Tell, tell the folks at home what you do like on a day-to-day basis and what we've kind of danced around it, of course, but, Yeah. like, what does that look like now? I know, and you've done a lot of different jobs at your job too. Yeah. <laughs> so you can talk about those too.
1: <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, so I work at a church, um, I work at Elevation Church, but my role is, uh, to be a video producer. Currently, my job is like video producer and a live producer. So basically what that means is we execute and help curate the storytelling of different people within the organization or in the community. And I help with the execution of creative and like logistical vision of that. So um, basically in layman's terms, I work with like different directors and we uh, find the people that we want to tell stories about, or if it's Mm -hmm. like an abstract piece, we do that. We basically have like a message in mind. How do you
0: wait, sorry to pause there. How do you find the people?
1: So um, we have through different like networks, I guess, within the organization, but really um, being connected to different people and just kind of knowing like, this is the type of message we're trying to put out, or this is the type of story Mm -hmm. that we're trying to share. And really just kind of utilizing my resources and my own like relational equity to be able to say like, I know the right person or I've met Mm so-and-so or, um, talking to a pastor who knows whoever in the church or something. Um, but yeah, leveraging that and, and really being able to kind of say like, okay, this is the vision of the piece. The director is thinking through all these things and I'm helping facilitate to make that all possible. And so that's kind of the side of video production. Um, But being a video producer has so many hats. It's not just like that's a really high level version of that, but Mm. where everything from I'm designing sets at times or wardrobe styling or making sure everybody gets fed and, Mm. you know, dealing with everyone's dietary restrictions or travel plans and itineraries and a million Google sheets that you could think of
0: um do you like staying busy like doing all those things I mean again like I said at the beginning like Nikki's yeah. always doing something <laughs> like so
1: I okay so here's my terrible thing I I don't know if you do you do Enneagram you guys talk about yeah yeah, yeah
0: yeah I'm a two
1: okay same I am I have a high three wing mm-hmm. I'm coming back to my three wing I was really high one for like a currency of my life I feel mm-hmm. like it's still there every once in a while but um <laughs> And so I feel bad. I feel guilty, which is, again, a two is just written by guilt and shame. Just, you no, know, just living. We're like, oh, oh my God, I feel so bad. Like, <laughs> so it's just, it's terrible. But um, even more so, I think when I rest, I feel so guilty because I'm just mm. like, did I not do anything? Did I not right. live my life properly? You know, it's so mm. dumb. Um, so I think I'm sometimes addicted to it, which I've come to realize as an adult isn't good. <laughs> yeah I think though I I feel I don't need anyone to like help me be more uh passionate or driven because I think I like to a fault do it where Mm. I am like I will chase after something because I feel like I need to get my hands busy or I need to dive into a different project or or yeah I want to do and be something you know and Mm. I think that's something too that I have a tendency to do that I'm learning. I'm trying to learn how to pause, Mm -hmm. which like nobody tells you about that. That could also be an issue because they just teach you to just Mm -hmm. go after everything. Well, we're such
0: a culture too, of like, just do, you know, work, work, work. Like, don't you know, whatever it is, like, don't slow down. Like, you know, and then you stop and you're like, wait, what am I doing? (laughs) And then the pandemic happened and we all were like, wait, what? (laughs)
1: Yeah. And I, it's crazy because my pandemic experience was so wildly different than most people because I worked previously in a department that was like, we would excel during crisis. So I was like, I was nonstop. I traveled probably, I counted the amount of trips and I want to say it was between 15 trips that I took um, during covid Just because we were one thing after the next and I was a social media manager previously and a project manager and a video producer in that department. So it was, I was doing all the things. Um, But yeah, so right, circle back to your first question. So right now I'm a video producer and I'm a live producer. Uh, The Live component is more like we have online streaming and broadcasts and I assist in making that happen and helping with talent, what we call like talent management um and really assisting the genius i mean we have incredible production um employees who are just like extremely gifted at what they do to make online church happen for so many people so Mm -hmm. i assist with that as well
0: well and for those that don't know like elevation is a big like i mean mega church is what i would say but yeah
1: yeah Yeah. Yeah, um, it's a big company
0: yeah (laughs) how many campuses
1: So we have 20, I want to say 20, 20 cameras. a lot. (laughs) Lot, yeah. And we're mainly on the East Coast. And then we have um, what we call our E-FAM, which is like our extended family or, I mean, E for elevation. There's like an E thing and everything. But um, so people that tune in online. And so
0: Mm.
1: we, I think we see, over like I would say it's in the hundreds of thousands of people that watch online wow um, And in a good I want to say like 20 to 30,000 that are in person so Wow. yeah it's a
0: crazy wow.
1: it is very interesting yeah <laughs> there's a lot of people so I
0: want to ask you and you of course you can answer this however you would would like but yeah uh what are like misconceptions about like your job maybe like working at a big church organization I think people have these like you know things in their head of what it may look like but maybe it's something different or maybe those things are true I'm not you know saying one thing or the other but what 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 does that look like
1: well I think a sometimes and I understand this because this could be applied to so many big things like mass-produced cheese, Mm -hmm. (laughs) mass-produced whatever. Like you think about a mass-produced thing. And I think a lot of people think like quality in whatever goes down. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that I'm not going to ever sit here and say like different people's experiences with going, attending or being part of a mega church are not true because everybody's experience is their own experience. So I can't speak to that, but I do think that like um, there's good in everything. And I think that Mm -hmm. what I've been able to experience is really cool. And in that word mass, I've been able to see like impact on a giant scale where, you know, in the previous department that I worked in, we're talking about like millions of dollars that we're giving away to the community all over the world, you know? And that that was just so like, it's not just a um, money machine that just consumes money in the community and that's it. It's like, no, there's, I think it's really cool that our organization is very community focused and we're big in explaining like um, our financials and things like that to make sure that like our community that is giving feels comfortable. And the fact that like their yeah. money is being put to really good use. Yeah. Um, and I think I've been able, one thing I've been able to do, especially this the past couple of years um, is travel to meet and tell the stories of people kind of like all over the place. Like mm-hmm. I was in South Africa a few months ago. Um, wow. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's crazy. And there's people there that tune in, and we're telling five different stories of people there and how it's not just like them consuming this stuff. It's like they're going out and saying, I'm consuming this and I want to make a difference where I'm at. And so I think I've been able to witness that. And regardless of, you know, people's beliefs in like the religious side of it or, um, or just kind of the stigmas, because I think there's stigma and there's beliefs no matter where you go, no matter what industry yes. you're in. Um, I think one thing that I will always advocate for is like, yeah, but what what are they doing with what they have? And right. I just I think it's really cool to be in an organization that I can see that what we're doing with what we have. Um, so I think I think there's good if you look for it in everything, you know, in every and ev- literally everything and right. so i've been able to just see some That's really helpful. cool things <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i've been i've i also think that there's a misconception about people that are christian or and i think it's because we don't do a good job at being human i think sometimes as christians we live ourselves like robotic or we feel like we have to be a robotic right and, or we're this
0: group that we're separate from other like you can't yeah. like we're exclusive yeah yeah yeah. yeah
1: and yeah. that because I'm a Christian because I work at a church like I can't be human and that's mm. wrong I don't believe that <laughs> I am not nah. yeah. that like I think that you know working at a church doesn't make me any less human as anyone else and mm. that just because I'm I work for an organization that is pushing forth like a religious hope the way that I see it is like hope and I don't Mm -hmm. I think like more than anything, Jesus came to love people and to give hope to things that felt hopeless, you know? Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I think that that's what I want. Like, I feel like other people who, even like my family, that's not quote unquote saved or, you know, like anyone else in the community. Like, I think that's what I would want them to see me as, as somebody who advocates for hope and for love, regardless Mm -hmm. of where I work or what I do or, you know, all that stuff. And so I think I've had to learn to like disassociate even myself in a way that's like helpful. Like, yes, I work here, but that can't be my identity and that Mm. shouldn't be my identity with anyone. And yeah, Mm. that people automatically expect me to be a certain way. And, you know, God calls us to live a certain way or whatever that even means, but like, ultimately, I want to be a good person and I want other people to see me as a good person, regardless yeah. of that. Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Tell me uh, if you can briefly, like what's a story that you've produced or like done, like what's, is there, are there any that like jump out in your mind when I say like, can you briefly share one? Like, is there a cool <laughs> one that you think of? Hmm. Are you allowed to? <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> no, I know.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, the good thing is most of it's online. So that's good. Um, but I think
0: <sighs> I know you. there's probably a lot, but
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I think one of my like stories that jumps out at me, um, I really loved telling the story. So when I worked in the outreach department, my whole goal was to be like, in my mind, I was like, I want to be kind of like this, the platform, of like everyday people mm. I think a lot of people also they're um, like because we almost feel like we can't be real people sometimes in the church we kind of see that we have to be these extraterrestrial beings that you know whatever and I think what was cool about being in the Irish Department is that I got to um and still now obviously still now I got to advocate for like the everyday person which is also us <laughs> mm. yeah. and that was really cool and so Um, I've told stories of people who, you know, they've gone through addiction programs and come out and are helping other people who, you know, are are now in addiction programs or um, people who are standing in line for financial assistance are now like helping other people or whatever. Like that stuff is always so interesting and like beautiful Mm. to me because it's really, I think it's really hard to be able to utilize the pain that you went through in order to like, face it and somehow advocate for someone else because that's really difficult to kind of relive that all the time. Yeah. Um but I remember so a couple of years ago the Bahamas got hit with a tragic hurricane. I mean, it was rough. And we went down, it was so like run and gun. Like I think that's one of some of my favorite stories are like your camera crew is you and somebody else, you know. <laughs> and that's what it was. And so We went down in this, like, our, our, like, outreach pastor at the time, like, knew a friend who knew a friend who knew a friend who had a private plane, (laughs) like, somewhere in Florida. And we literally hopped on a plane to there, slept in her friend's house, and then met that person, jumped on this propeller plane that literally sat five people and just went to Freeport and stayed in Freeport, not knowing what awaited us. Um, And we were with an amazing organization called Convoy of Hope. And they do a lot of relief and um, all over the world. And so we are with their international team and we were like, all right, like we gotta tell the story of the people here. And so we met person after person after person of just like, man, these people are so thankful and happy but like, they're they're in a really crappy situation Mm. and everything is, I mean, everything's decimated. Everything's gone, everything's lost. And we get to tell the story of like this pastor in town who was essentially utilizing their building that was completely like, I mean, unwell Mm. to help other people in the area just to continue to survive because of just how bad it was. And so I think like being in the middle of some pretty critical situations and seeing people still have hope um, Mm. and be able to tell that story of like, you shouldn't have hope, but you do. I think Mm. ultimately that really does fuel me and energize me and stays Mm. with me because I mean, I think to myself all the time, I I lose my hope for stupid things, you know, and, I, I could, like, that just reminds me that, like, there is hope no matter what, no matter what I mm. face, no matter yeah. what I'm going through, what I think is, like, the largest wave <laughs> to hit me, you know, and I think those are the most powerful, so shout out to the people in the Bahamas, <laughs> they're yeah, awesome, that. That's but
0: awesome. That's so yeah,
1: cool. a lot of fun stories like that, of mm-hmm. just people who've really overcome um, a lot of hard things, mm. so I think, yeah, I think if anything, even from like, if we want to say a religious point of view and like, God will get you through, like there's nothing that you can go through that you can't survive, you know? Mm. And so I think that has been really cool to, regardless of difficulties or, or challenges of working at a church or even just being in that type of role or positions or whatever, that that is the thing that stays with me through storytelling is that like Mm. when we tell stories like that other people can start to believe in themselves and believe that they can also get through it so
0: Mm. yeah wow I love that that's so great
1: yeah
0: and telling like ordinary people's stories that can do get through extraordinary things like that's, like, what else could you want to, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Truly, truly. And it, yeah. even, it's like, really interesting conversations of, like, people who've been homeless and, like, had to defy odds. But then, like, you start to realize that, like, what you thought somebody in need looks like, like, mm-hmm. need doesn't have a face. And so, mm-hmm. like, all of us can be in need in different ways, some more blatant than others. And so it started to make me think about the things that I have put like blanket statements over and like made me rethink of like, man, I thought this looked this way. I thought this felt this way. I thought this, whatever. Mm -hmm. When like in actuality, going back to what we've talked about, like personal experiences, like you really don't know a whole lot and I should stop doing that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So for sure, for sure. Yeah. I'm wondering too, cause you've been at this place for a couple of years now and you've been doing, you know, maybe the producing is, is newer, but you've been doing a lot of different things like we've said, but I'm wondering if you, is there anything you would go back and tell like day one, Nikki that, you know, now?
1: Yeah. Um, well, it's funny because I think a lot of the times in and out of church has, I mean, in any industry younger versions of ourselves or no matter what i don't think um i think it's at least for me i don't know about you but it's easy for me to realize the lack that i have like it's very apparent like mm. i can fake being confident all day long like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was my actual job <laughs> to pretend mm. you know what i mean yeah. like yeah. That was what we were literally were trying to do was pretend to be other people. So like mm-hmm. I can do that all day long. But, um, I think as I left college and just started the real world, I think I felt so much fear of just everything I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would tell her to stop trying to get there so quick, like stop trying to be, who I thought I wanted or should have been. I think mm. that should is like a really scary place because I think yeah. we put that on ourselves a whole lot. And I would tell her to, well, especially
0: in the in in a religious context too. Like, yeah. we should be or, like this or we shouldn't. Like, yeah, yeah,
1: and yeah. mixing that with creative and like, I mean, the place yeah. that is just as competitive as any advertising agency I've worked with. You know, like mm. it it's a it's like if you're creative, you're, you're, you're not just like a random person who decided to work at a church. Like, this isn't like that. Like, Hey, we are just top-notch just as anything else. So, you know, I think I, I self-inflict some pressure. I'm not going to lie. Um, (laughs) but I also, I think I just really thought I should have been more. And Mm. I think the, when I started to feel confident in my job or in my role or, just in myself in general in life is when I kind of stopped putting such expectations on myself mm-hmm. to like mm-hmm. know or be anything else. And so like I walked in, I had some experience in social media, but I remember checking out of my journalism classes and my social media classes, because I was like, dude, I don't want to do this. I want to be a producer <laughs> and I'm not going like, to have to <laughs> last.
0: Social media is going to be dead after I yeah, graduate. Like- then. <laughs>
1: Uh, no. you know <laughs> and it's funny because god was like hey i actually like want you to become kind of like a field journalist who also mm. shares all of that stuff on social media <laughs> i was like cool 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 and that, and it led me to being like a producer now and all that stuff just awesome mm. but um I think I just felt so lost half because I was creating, I was telling myself I was so lost. Like, I mean, mm. I obviously when you start anything new, any venture, any career, you're going to be a little lost, <laughs> but I think I just, yeah. I made myself sick over trying to be who I thought I needed to be instead of just like actually loving and figuring myself off, like figuring myself out along mm. the way. Um, and yeah. I think a lot of us do that where we're like, we should be this, or we should do this, mm. or I should have already, you know, whatever, right. insert whatever that is. Mm. And,
0: mm.
1: and set up just like, not necessarily I wrestle with this. Like, I grew up. And I think also Christian circles do this for you. Like, don't be like comfortable, mm. like, which is another word for content. Yeah. Which I think is wrong to tell people in my eyes because (laughs) I grew up, I like ended up doing the opposite where I was never content. And I struggle with that where I'm like, am I accepting bad things or am I Mm. being overly comfortable or am I Mm. living content the way that the Bible says that we should? Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think we got it wrong. And I think Western culture doesn't help that at (laughs) all. Yeah. Um, another
0: thing we can talk about for an hour yeah
1: another thing right yeah yeah but I do think that like I would I would tell her like contentment doesn't mean that you are bad and it doesn't mean mm. you're accepting less of yourself it means that you are okay with being in the step of the like process where you're at and that's okay right. so. Yeah.
0: do you think any of that is correlated with you like being an only child at all or or like being i I hate to bring in gender to it too but it's your experience like being a female in this what like all of that too like all of that it's encompassing
1: yes it is the pressure of like i think being a woman's interesting because you're already kind of hopping into anything with like i'm not gonna get paid as much i have to be three times as like strong despite how I feel like well even
0: a minority too like be yeah like yeah it's like worse than that all of that
1: (laughs) right I have to defy the odds I must excel and perform and I do think like I grew up my parents always raised me my parents were entrepreneurs when I was really little and I was raised with like you can do this you got this um Mm -hmm. You're going to be better than we were, you know, and this beautiful way of my parents are pumping me up to go to school every day, or like they were instilling that i
0: Roy Gilmore, like, yeah, (laughs) only child, like, uh, you're not going to get pregnant at 16. Not that your parents did that, but like,
1: but yeah, really, no, that's a beautiful, that's a great, um, example there. But
0: yeah, my favorite show, I always have to reference it on this show, like, it's the best,
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah. I really, I honestly did have a Hispanic, probably a little more stern version of Lorelai as a mom, yeah. like yeah. she had, she's a one on the enneagram, like mm-hmm. very like tough love, you know, like she loves me. She's a great mom. She's incredible. She's <laughs> amazing. I don't want mom to hear this and be like, I didn't do good. No, you're great. <laughs> um, but she's tough. You know, she did. She reminded me like, Hey, people are not going to always be with you. And she taught, she taught me the tough lessons and she still does. Yeah. So I grew up being, like, I must conquer. <laughs> and so yep. I think that's, A, being an LA child. I think that's being also, like, I mean, Hispanic. I'm sure accent.
0: some of it, too, has to do with, like, not, again, like, you're high, like you're a little person. <laughs> I'm su-
1: yeah, I'm such a like, little person. Like, yeah. I, God forbid. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. they don't want to steal, like, giant people. Like, they're not going to do that. They're going to come for me. Like, I am yeah. a little horrible one. So I have to... you know and I think my mom also wanted me to um not in a not in like a a negative way but in a way of like hey you don't have people like a sibling that you could call right
0: Mm -hmm. like
1: you gotta be okay with
0: yeah pull up your own bootstraps and just do it like yeah yeah yeah
1: Yeah. Yeah. like you know you got to do that so it's um
0: and now you're like well thanks mom like you could have adopted
1: (laughs) i know like geez what the heck i like (laughs) i love her she really they really tried for a second kid like let me just say that but uh, (laughs) but uh like i don't want an only child because i don't want i think there's i think it's important to tell to remind your kids that they need to like a be solid in themselves solid in their like relationship with god and stuff but like also too that like they can believe good in people you know (laughs) Mm, and so I think um, I, I want to make sure like it, in the future, the future Nikki has more than one child because I think yeah. it's good to like remember that, you know, that they can also learn to trust people yeah
0: well we'll check back in like 10 years and we'll yeah. uh we'll interview <laughs> your kids and see how that is
1: um <laughs> hopefully they're okay <laughs>
0: <laughs> future nikki's children
1: <laughs> i am terrified I'm like oh god i hope that they stand up for themselves but also are nice while doing it like just... <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: it's a good balance it's a hard balance <laughs> Well, as we're wrapping up here, because I don't want to take up too much of your time. um, I do uh, hope, you know, as people know, I do ask every guest two questions at the end of the show, Nikki. Um, The first one being, um, if I was able to one day hand you a blank check, I cannot do that right now, but maybe one day. um, And say, yeah, you know, we'll see. And say, use this towards your passion. How would you use
1: that? you know, that I, especially writing off of what we just talked about, Mm -hmm. I looked at that question that you sent me so long, (laughs) so long. And I don't think whatever I'm going to say is actually going to be totally what I would do. So I'm just going to say that. Um, But when I think about like what I would do with a large sum of money, I think it comes down to two things where a, this sounds so Christian-y and just (laughs) like, oh, of course she'd say that, which like Mm. I hate because I myself gross myself up, but I really think I would use it, maybe three parts. One, I I really do love experiencing life and through other people's eyes. And I would figure out a way I've always had this passion of just like food and like learning how other people live and why they yeah. live that way and what created them to be that way. So mm-hmm. if I could do that and actually create something to do that, that's like successful, and like, would be awesome. And that I wouldn't have to worry about money running out. I would totally do that. Right. Um, be-
0: uh, I'm all on board
1: yeah thank you I I was talking with a friend about being like two random girls learning about the history of food and the cultures within them and I was Mm. like Anthony Bourdain except nobody cares about me so (laughs) but maybe the ordinary part will make it better because I think we have a lot of TV shows of people who are really cool doing these cool things Mm. like how about normal people doing this so a that b I would really want to I'm really passionate about making sure that like, like this world goes, we just go through so much, you know, like there and there's people who are facing so many difficult things with things that are just mm. so basic, like water, you yeah. know, like basic things like that. And so I would love to fund projects that are really like actually helping people. Cause I think like if I were at the end of my life And I had accumulated all the things that I wanted to do or be, but yet like I left it and it didn't do anything. Like my life Mm -hmm. didn't do anything. I would be so sad because I'd be Mm -hmm. like, I had all this time and I didn't help one person or, so I think like, I'm extremely burdened by that. Um, and so like, I just think of companies like Preemptive Love that work specifically with like refugees and like really war stricken areas that a lot of people don't like going to because it's so hard and media has made it controversial and like life has just made it controversial but like when you go down to the basic need of a human like it shouldn't be that controversial or like dirty water. Um so yeah there's that and then I would I think I would want to like find a fun way to tell people stories. Like why not? Yeah we be fun to travel everywhere and just learn about them. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what I do.
0: I love it. Oh my gosh. I love that you're using it to its fullest potential.
1: You know, (laughs) I would also want to like buy my parents a house, just give them back something where I'm Mm -hmm. like, Hey guys, thanks for your investment in my life. Here you go. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You can adopt them a child and say, this is the sibling. I always (laughs) wanted.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I could
0: do that. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. I love it. Well, the second thing listeners know, of course, is what is something or multiple things that you are loving right now? Uh, and I'll go first. I, I answer this yeah. too. Good.
1: Um, I want know. to hear from yeah. you too.
0: Yeah well I and it's funny because we've been talking about like theater and shows and it's something that I really truly am loving. I just watched um, Tick Tick Boom. Oh, I was
1: gonna ask if you watched it. Is yes.
0: it good? It is, it is so good and yeah. it's like another thing like it's Lin-Manuel Miranda's directorial debut and it's like another thing that he's good at and it's like so annoying. Yeah <laughs> 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 and, but, and also Andrew Garfield, like who knew he could sing like Spider-Man can sing. It's like crazy.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but it's, it's also, it's a story for those that don't know of Jonathan Larson who wrote Rent. And if you don't know what Rent is, it's like, like the second biggest musical next to Hamilton probably of its genera- like of its generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, Jonathan Larson died the morning of the first ever preview of RENT um, and of an, a, of, a, of an aortic aneurysm at age 35. And um, so he never really got to see what RENT became, um, which is incredibly sad and, and also just like crazy that it happened that way. Um, but Tick Tick Boom is this is an autobiographical musical that he wrote right before Rent all about like him, you know, he's he's turning 30 he's 29 and he's turning 30 and he's like, you know, I, I feel like I don't have that much time left in the movie he talks about how um, Stephen Sondheim wrote his first musical at 27 and he's like almost 30 and he's like, what am I doing basically and like all these things and we and, all um, <laughs> yeah yeah so it's it's just incredible and it's also just like such a uplift you know it may not sound like it, but it really is an uplifting story of like someone that truly like strives toward like what they love and like how like weirdly you know I've watched interviews with the cast and how weirdly that Jonathan Larson knew that he may not have that much time left on this earth and like what he was going to spend with it like what how was he going to spend his time on this earth and it's just wonderful. It's such a great piece of, and Andrew Garfield, like, um, of course I never met Jonathan Larson, but Andrew Garford literally disappears. Like it is Jonathan Larson. Like it is not like a performance. It just, you're just like living in his world, Yay, which is yeah. really cool. Um, so yeah, my, go watch that. It's on Netflix, people. It's it's just wonderful. It's so good. One
1: of my audition songs I used to use, from Tick, Tick, Boom.
0: Oh, cool. Nice. But I awesome. feel like
1: when you listen to Tic Tick, Boom, like if you're listening to it on Spotify, it feels random. Like yeah, yeah, it feels yeah. very um, sporadic. Like yeah. it, it, Well, it, it was
0: it was originally performed by himself as like a rock monologue, basically, like just himself oh, singing one man show. Yeah. So, and then it got kind of turned into some other things. And then this, I think this visually, the way they do it is really interesting. I also could go on my spiel about like movie musicals and how like, like the world of a movie musical, like I just don't get I, I, sometimes I'll, I'll watch movie musicals and I'm like okay what is this world like like I watch like the prom and they're like singing but also other people like know they're singing so I'm like okay what is this world like I right. don't understand but like in theater like we, we you can get it because like there's a stage and there's an audience there's that separation yeah. but in a written? movie I'm like we're all right there so anyway but the world of Tick Tick Boom just like makes sense so no. yeah there's a lot in there
1: (laughs) i'm so i've been so excited to watch it so i'm Mm. stoked now um i've i've been wanting to watch it i that's
0: what i'm loving do it
1: i I love that i what am i loving right now i also thought about this in my mind was like do I love anything and I'm like of course you do I'm like one of those people that you've asked me like what their name is and I have like slight hesitancy because I'm like Mm. maybe my name is what I think it is (laughs) um so I'd say I think what I'm really loving right now I'm loving armchair expert um Mm. I I'm honestly so if you follow me on Instagram I am constantly posting photos or just videos of animals and I just, like, really love them. Like, that oh, sounds so that. stupid and basic. But, like, <laughs> I genuinely can go to a zoo every day of my life and be totally happy. Like, Amazing. I love them. I don't know if it's this, like, weird attachment because I'm an only child. But let me <laughs> do tell you, have you. a pet? I do. I mean, well, my parents' dog. She's not my parents' right. dog because I moved out. So now it's their dog. But it's, like, her yeah. dog. But, yeah, her name's Zoe. She's a multi poo. And she's we're obsessed. Like obsessed. So we have a
0: golden doodle named Winnie.
1: Oh my god. That's it. So they're friends.
0: they're made, I highly recommend getting it. <laughs> they're the best.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Like I I love I think animals are just really funny mm. uh creations of God where he was like I really just want to make you laugh and smile and I think if that was their only purpose on earth, which I feel like half of it is. Mm. Um you know, and it, it makes me happy. It makes me excited. So um really, really those two things right now, which <laughs> yeah. is
0: so dumb, but it's true. No, I love Here, it. it well, and social media only like heightens that right? of like oh, yeah. oh, here's a million videos of a giraffe like being stupid. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. I've well, here's my thing that I hope to continue to build. So my friends, because they see what I repost on Instagram story or they know me, whatever I'm now getting. Well, for the longest time, I'm still on this kick. I love raccoons, like love them, love them. Um, So what an
0: underrepresented animal to love.
1: (laughs) My God. And they could get rabies. Like that's so sad because they're so cute and they have little hands and I can't get over it. (laughs) And so I, I, Next and year now, for Halloween,
0: you gotta be a raccoon.
1: I know. What I miss what a missed opportunity <laughs> next year. That's it. We're gonna yeah. we'll do yeah. another one of these on mm-hmm. Halloween and we'll have to yeah. show our like gotta put
0: yeah. it in your idea idea journal of like, oh yeah. yeah.
1: Wait. Oh yeah, for sure. So um I now get raccoons, like raccoon memes sent to me. Amazing. And videos. And then I am now getting different types of animals sent to me, which <laughs> Also, wow, what a gift! So, really, the animals are giving me life and fun conversations, <laughs> like our. mm
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I modeled this show after after Armchair Expert, and That's, I, I
1: feel mean, it. so I really yeah. do feel it's that.
0: it's yeah. That, I I think I've mentioned it on the show a couple of times. It's an incredible podcast, and I think they have over three hundred episodes. They also do like they do, they release like three a week, which is like crazy. I'm like, how do you do that? How do you even survive? Like what the heck? Yeah. yeah.
1: I don't know. Yeah. But it, I That's mean, great. I feel like it's such a simple thing. So like, yeah, you can just sit and have a conversation with a person and it be a person like, yeah. you know, you're not trying to be like, do a press interview or anything like that. You're really just getting to yeah. their heart. So yeah, yeah. I For love
0: sure. it sure well um people that don't know like uh I believe it's just Nikki Acosta on Instagram right
1: it is it's yeah. Nikki A. Acosta so A. like Acosta. Okay. Least, I couldn't have Nikki Acosta because there's too many in the world Right. right. but yeah Nikki A. Acosta and I-K-K-I-A-A-C-O-S-T-A
0: yes yes yeah. and then if you are in the sh- um you're in Charlotte right
1: yes in the Charlotte yeah. area
0: Charlotte area, yeah. go visit Elevation. You know, if it's not your jam of a big church, that's okay. Find your, your own, yeah. but you know, go at least say hi to Nikki. Cause I'm sure she would love that. <laughs> I'm putting that I on you, but <laughs> would
1: love that. Absolutely. I second that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, all of that will be in the show notes below. So you guys can check that out. Of course, you guys know the drill, follow us on social media, PassionProjectPod um Instagram and Facebook and all of those you can also support the show now if you feel so inclined to if you have the means to all of that in the show notes below as well and Nikki thank you so much for being on the show today it was so much fun
1: so much fun thank you so much much for
0: of course oh I could I honestly think we could talk for like four more hours like (laughs) I
1: would love that I think that would be awesome, and I just appreciate. No, if you're ever
0: in Virginia or in, if I'm in Charlotte, I'm gonna, I'll hit you up.
1: Yeah, absolutely, okay. absolutely.
0: You know. <laughs> it was so good to chat. You too, and yeah, we will see you guys next time. Bye.